0: Take your Bibles and turn with me now again to Romans chapter 12. We were there last week. Some of you were not here last week. So this is all new to you and you're wondering why some of the blanks are filled in in your outlines and why others are not. That's because last week we covered as much as you see that the blanks have been filled in. But we want to continue and talk about change your thoughts, win the war. We are in the middle of a series on spiritual warfare. I hope that the Lord has been speaking to you through these. I've received many encouraging notes and letters about that. And I'm grateful to God for that. But really the crux of spiritual warfare is what we're talking about. Spiritual warfare takes place in our thoughts. It takes place in our minds. And so if we're going to win the war, we have to learn to change our thoughts. I want you to know that you can change the way you think. You don't have to think the way your parents thought. You don't have to think the way you have thought. You can change the way you think. And when you do that, when you change it into a godly way of thinking, God blesses. Now, I'm just gonna go back and walk very quickly through the first part that we've already covered just to give some of you who were not here last week some context of what we're talking about. Romans 12, verses one through 10 in the New Living Translation says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is God's good, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Last week, we talked about in order to change your thoughts and win the war in your mind, you first of all have to surrender everything to God. You can't hold back. You can't say, well, God, I'll give you this, but I won't give you this, or I'll give you this, but now, God, you know I can't give you this. I wanna say this to you, it's either all or nothing with God, it's either all or nothing with God. You can't have any boundaries, you have to let go and give everything to the Lord. Verse one, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. When you give a sacrifice, you give it all. The kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. We talked about what Jesus said when he said that we should take up our cross every day and surrender to the Lord. Luke 9, 23 and 24, epic words. He said, he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, you want to follow me? Okay, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. For whatever, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake he is the one who will save it those are strong words but he means what he says you can't do your own thing and follow jesus paul said in 1 corinthians 15:31 i die daily he also said these famous words in galatians 2:20 i have been crucified with christ It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Every day you wake up, I did it this morning, and say, Lord, I die to myself. I die to my flesh, I die to my desires. I no longer live, I nail myself afresh to your cross and to my cross, and I die you live through me today. You have to do that every day, surrender yourself to God. If you've never done that, by giving your life to Jesus, you need to repent of your sins today, turn from your sin, put your faith in Jesus, that what he did when he died in your place on the cross is sufficient to pay the penalty for your sin. And put your faith in the fact that he rose from the dead to give you eternal life. You repent and you believe in his death and his resurrection and then you receive him into your life. If you've never done that, we'll give you the opportunity to do that today. But if you're a Christian, take up your cross. Even right now, some of you need to do that and surrender afresh every day to God. And then in order to change your thoughts and win the war in your mind, not only do you surrender yourself to God, but you separate yourself from the world you separate yourself from the world. Look at verse two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We talked about what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapters 6, and verses 14 and following, don't be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What harmony has Christ with Belial, that is Satan, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God, that's your physical body, with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate. Say that with me. Come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And don't touch, don't even touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. Some things you just don't need to touch. Just leave it alone. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the hand, right hand of God. Set your mind. We'll talk more about this later on. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on this earth. You say, I want to change my thoughts. I want to win the war. Then you've got to separate from the world. And then in order to change your thoughts and win the war, in your mind, you must sanctify your thoughts. Verse 2 goes on to say, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I think that's one of the best sentences I've ever read in my life. Could we just read it again together? Let's all read it from the screen there. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If you'll change the way you think, you'll be a new person. Don't tell me you can't change the way you think. Well, I've always thought this way. Well, so what? Stop it. Some of the best counseling you'll ever get. Stop it. Just stop. Stop thinking that way and start thinking another way. Start thinking God's way. You can change the way you think and quit say, quit letting the devil say you can't. He that's true for everybody but you. You know you can. You've tried it before and it won't work. You know. Yes, it will. It'll it'll work. You just you just do it. Sanctify your thoughts. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good pleasing, and perfect. Exactly how do we sanctify our thoughts? How do we sanctify our thoughts? We talked about this last week. First of all, we have to understand our thoughts. You say, how can I understand my thoughts? Well, understand that your thoughts control your life. Your thoughts control your life. Now this is all filled in for you, so I'm gonna keep pressing on here. Proverbs 23, verse seven says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your actions follow your thoughts. That's why your thoughts are so important. You gotta get your mind right to get your life right, to get your actions right. So you gotta understand that your thoughts control your life, that's why you need to understand your thoughts. You also understand that God's thoughts are superior to yours. God is smarter than you. <laughs> when I hear these people say, I don't believe in God, I say, well, you're not very smart for one thing. And number two, the God you don't believe in is a lot smarter than you. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, for my, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways My ways, declares the Lord, as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Then you need to understand that your thoughts, man's thoughts, are prone to sin. We are prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. Prone to leave the God we love, as the song says. Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See all the superlatives there, it's amazing. God is saying, you are so messed up, (laughs) I'm the only one that can help you. Not talking about Steve Gaines, I'm talking about God. God's the only one that can help you. That's what God's saying to you today. You're messed up. Even the intent of your thoughts, is only evil continually. The Bible says in Matthew 16 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. Our thoughts are prone to sin. We've got to understand our thoughts and then understand that Christians can think thoughts of Christ. We can Think thoughts of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 says in verses 11 and following, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now listen to this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who, who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But we have the mind of Christ. And what he's saying there is this, look, nobody knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God lives within us, so God enables us now to have the mind of Christ so that we can know the very thoughts of God. You don't have to think the thoughts of this world if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you don't have any option. All you can think are the thoughts of this world and they are all ending up in death. But God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways and they are filled with life and life more abundantly. How many of you wanna think like God thinks instead of like the world thinks, amen? That's how you get life. And you can do it when you get saved and the Spirit of God comes to live within you. You have the mind of Christ. Now that's where we stopped last week. So let's start the sermon. I've already preached 13 minutes, but let's start the sermon. Secondly, if you want to sanctify your thoughts, this is brand new stuff now, get your pen out. You need to strengthen your thoughts. You can strengthen your body by exercising. You can strengthen your mind by exercising as well. Let me give you two ways that you can exercise and strengthen your thoughts. First of all, you could submit your thoughts to God. Submit your thoughts to God. Every thought, you need to start thinking about a thought. Every thought you have is like a seed. S-E-E-D, seed. I can remember my dad, we had a little farm and uh, it was outside of Dyersburg and he wanted me to plant the seed and I had this little distributor, all right? this, This broadcaster, that's where the word broadcasting came from. It was a bag where you would just turn this little churn and it would broadcast, it would cast abroad all the seed and it went everywhere all over the field that was broken and plowed up. Well, that's the way we need to look at our thoughts. They're seeds. And when a thought enters your mind, you have to learn to discern where that thought came from. Every thought you have does not come from you. Every thought you have does not come from God. Sometimes the devil throws a fiery dart at you and puts a thought in your mind like he did with Jesus at the end of his 40 day fast in the wilderness. Your thoughts can come from several sources, but you're not a slave to your thoughts. Just the opposite is true. Your thoughts are a slave to you. You can take your thoughts captive. I just encourage you to say, my thoughts are slaves, are subservient to me. I am not the servant of my thoughts and I will not let my thoughts control my life. I will control my thoughts and let Jesus control my life. Amen. Amen. Different way of thinking, isn't it? That's right. Some of y'all don't believe it, but you know it's true. Where do your thoughts come from? There's a lot of sources. First of all, your thoughts can come from your own mind. Non-threatening Regular, innocent, you, you read a book and it just sparks a thought. You, you just had a thought, no big deal, you had a thought. Okay, you had just had a thought, came from you, your own mind. But it can also, another source can be your fleshly nature, yourself, your self, your selfish nature that is anti-Jesus. When you put yourself above somebody else, that's a selfish thought and that's not from God. It comes from your own fleshly nature. And then this evil world system that is anti-Jesus, anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-church, anti-Christ, evil world system. You think about something bad or mean. Like, Like you think about not, I'm not gonna read my Bible today. Well, where'd that come from? God? No, Where did it come from? It came from this evil world system that hates the Bible, that hates Jesus. And then sometimes the devil and demons can put thoughts in your mind. If you have a thought to slander somebody, guess who it came from? The accuser of the brethren. God doesn't want you slandering people even if they did you wrong. God doesn't want you doing wrong because somebody else did wrong. That's not the way to approach things. God will never tell you to slander somebody. That's the devil. 100% of the time, when you feel like slandering somebody, that's the devil. That's the devil. Because he is the slanderer. He is the accuser of the brethren. And then sometimes, your thoughts come from Jesus, especially when you read the Bible. You say, I desire to help somebody. Let's just say you're just out on a walk and, all of a sudden you think about somebody in need and you think about some tangible way that you can help them. Look at me, that didn't come from you. (laughs) No offense, but you're not that good. That came from the Lord. And so go ahead and do it. Oh, but what if it means I give them money? You know what? Give them money. Well, what if I miss it? I'd rather get to heaven and God says, Gaines, you gave too much. I'd rather hear that than say, Lord, Gaines, you didn't do enough. Now look at me, I'm not gonna get to heaven and God say you gave too much. You can't give too much. You can hoard too much, but you can't give too much. Whenever God prompts you to do something for somebody else in a servant way, do it. Now, once you discern that, thought, and where it came from, then you're ready to go. You're submitting your mind to the Lord. That's what you're doing. Isaiah 26, verse 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed laid down flat on thee because he trusts in thee. How many of you want to keep your mind stayed upon Jesus? Amen. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace and rest. Great hymn that came from Isaiah 26, verse three. So in order to strengthen your thoughts, you have to submit your thoughts. And then in order to strengthen your thoughts, you have to saturate your thoughts thoughts with Scripture. Not only submit your thoughts to God, but you've got to saturate. I mean, bathe them in the Bible. Saturate your thoughts with Scripture. Every day, just fill your mind up with the Word of God. You need a daily Bible reading plan, and there are dozens of them on the internet. And get a good Bible reading plan and get going and do what it tells you to do. If it's too aggressive, back off a little bit. Get something that fits you. Read the Bible daily. Get a good Bible reading plan. Then memorize Scripture. And don't say that you can't because I used to say that, but then I found out I could. To me, the best way to memorize Scripture is with the navigator's Topical memory system. I don't work for them. I don't get any cut off of what they sell. But, you know, I'm just telling you, that's what I picked up when I was 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. And I've been memorizing scripture trying to ever since. And there's just something about memorizing the Word of God. Then study the Bible, join a discipleship group, then hear the Bible. Come to services like this. If you come to Bellevue, the first thing I'm gonna say is take your Bible and turn with me too. And we're gonna study the word of God. Go to a good Bible class and study the word of God. I mean, just stay in the word. Hear people teach the word of God. And then pray the Bible. Pray the word back to the God who gave the word. Take a Bible bath every day. Let me just give you a few verses about that. Joshua 1.8, one of the greatest verses in the Bible about the Bible, all right? (laughs) Let's look at it. Let's read it together, all right? This is one of my first uh, scripture memory verses. Let's read it together. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Now leave it up there a minute. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. How many of you have ever seen a cow chew the cud? Anybody know what I'm talking about, anybody? Okay, just over and over and over. It's really nasty. (laughs) Because they swallow it, it goes down, and then they regurgitate it, it comes back up, and they chew it some more. And they chew it, and they chew it, and they're going to get all they can out of that one little bite of grass. Have you ever eaten with somebody like that, and it takes four hours to eat with them? (laughs) And you're saying, you know, I didn't know this luncheon was going to be a four-hour process. Could we... Could you just kind of speed it up a little bit here a little bit? But you know, that's, that's the way you take in the Word of God. You just chew on it and you let it ruminate in your mind and in your soul. And you just bask in the Word of God. Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation for 10 minutes on the way to work. Right? No. It is my meditation all the day. Say it with me, all the day. Well, Brother Steve, I'm not a preacher. I can't think about scripture all day. You've got, look at me. You've got a lot of time on your hands. That's why you use your cell phone so much at the end of the day. You look at your cell phone at the end of the day, you went to work and still you were on your phone for three hours. You tell me you don't have time, you couldn't give some of those minutes that you're on your cell phone to the word of God? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Oh, he got quiet when I said that. (laughs) Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, even... As far as the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Saturate your mind and your heart and your soul in the word of God. <clears throat> Hebrews ten sixteen. This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. You need to saturate your thoughts with Scripture. That's how you strengthen your thoughts. Another way to sanctify your thoughts is not only strengthen your thoughts, but rejecting sinful thoughts. And I wanna give you several ways to do this. You can't allow the devil and the world and your flesh to continually flood your mind with sinful thoughts without fighting back. Now I'm going to give you defense and then I'm going to give you offense, all right? First of all, let's think about how to reject sinful thoughts. Let's think about fighting defensively, all right? In order to reject sinful thoughts, first of all, you've got to reject fleshly thoughts. Romans 8, 6, reject fleshly thoughts thoughts for the mind set on the flesh is death but the mind set on the spirit is life he said well i don't understand that yes you do yes you do you set things all the time you set your clock you set your thermostat you hopefully set your cruise control. And you can set your mind, notice, on the spirit, not on the flesh. I'm not going to set my mind on what Steve wants today. I'm going to set my mind on what God wants today. I'm going to seek first And foremost, the kingdom of God. I'm not gonna think selfishly today. I'm not going to do it. And you're sitting there talking to yourself and say, no, flesh, no. (laughs) Say no to your flesh all the time. That dude needs to be told no. It's like a spoiled brat. Needs to be told no, no, no. I said no. Oh, just one more cookie, no. Just hit the snooze one more time. No, no. Set my mind. I'm gonna focus my mind. I was watching a little football yesterday and those quarterbacks, man, they gotta focus on their play. They're not thinking about next week's game. You know, if you're thinking about next week's game, today's enemy is gonna beat you, amen? You can't think about next week. You gotta focus on what you're doing right now. When Donna and I are on a date, I don't set my mind on other things. I shut everything else out. When we're on a date, I don't take my phone to dinner. Oh, my soul. (laughs) Help us, Lord. I can't tell you how many times we're out eating dinner and people, two couples sitting there looking at each other, why did y'all even go out? Just stay at home. Put these silly things up and talk with one another. Amen? You okay? Leave them in the car. Leave them at home. I can't leave my phone. You did 15 years ago. You didn't even have one. And now people are walking and they're walking into ditches because they're looking in their phone. Stop it. especially when you're out to eat. You can prevent your brain from being sidetracked. The mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. How many of you want life and peace instead of death? Anybody? Set your mind. Set your mind. Reject fleshly thoughts. And then reject speculative thoughts. Oh boy, this is huge. It's all big. I may have to go to a third sermon. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going I'm I'm to take this slowly because if we don't get this, we don't get it. All right? Speculative thoughts. The what ifs. Write that down. Stop looking at me and write that down. The what ifs. It's not on the screen. The what ifs. The speculative Thoughts. Well, what if you lose your job? Where do you think that came from? You think that came from God? You think God said, Oh, I wanted to wake you up today and say, Well, what if you lose your job? God doesn't talk like that. That's the devil. Well, what if your marriage ends in divorce? You actually think God's talking to you like that? What if you get sick and die? Do you honestly think God is talking to you like that? What if your investments go south? They're already going south. (laughs) But you hadn't lost if you don't sell. And you didn't really have anything when they were way up. It's all on paper anyway. Just forget about it and say, you know what? I'm just going to be faithful and do what I'm supposed to do. It'll be a great day in your life when you learn to take control of your thoughts. It'll be a great day in your spouse's life too. Reject all these speculative thoughts. Now I know some of y'all are out there. I I know how you are. Because I've been there, done that. There have been times where I would entertain speculative thoughts and I would, I would pose myself as someone who was just good at doing due diligence. No, I was worrying is what I was doing. I was fretting and I was trying to think of everything that could go wrong. What can go wrong? What about, when's the last time you said, well, I'm going to sit down today and just think about well, everything that could go right. Why do we never think about that? I'm gonna think about what everything's gonna go wrong. I'm gonna be, you know, all that. Stop that. Stop it. That is not the way to live. Second Corinthians 10, three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying what? Say it with me. We are destroying speculation. Say it out loud. I know it's kind of catching right there, I know. Say it out loud. We are destroying speculations. Now when you destroy something, you know what you do? You destroy it. (laughs) And every lofty thing raised up against the what? The knowledge of God. Speculations are not from God. Negative speculations are not from God. They're from the devil. We're destroying speculation, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Don't miss a word of it. I'm not trying to be cute. That you got to take every thought and don't do this. Don't say, God, take my thoughts captive. No, that's not his job. That's your job. You take your thoughts captive. They're your thoughts. Take them captive. Reject Satan's what ifs and replace them with God's what is. And that's the word of God. If you'll just do that, you're going to be a happy person. That's worth coming to church today. Replace the devil's what ifs with God's what is. And what is is the word of God. Exactly what Jesus did. Exactly what Jesus did when the devil came after him. Just replace it with the word of God. Reject speculative thoughts and you'll reject sinful thoughts. You also reject sinful thoughts when you reject fearful thoughts. Fearful, anxious thoughts. What does the Bible say in Second Timothy one through seven, or one verse, chapter one, verse seven? And we all know it. We know it's in there. We just have a hard time with it. Now, the translation they've got up here is the New American Standard. But that last word can be discipline, but can also can be a sound mind. That's the King James. That's what I'm going to read it from. So when you get to power, love, and discipline, instead of discipline, say sound mind. All right. Say it with me. Here we go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a... How many of you want a sound mind? Now there's nothing, put it back on the screen. I'm I'm not afraid of the word. A sound mind is a disciplined mind. Disciplined mind. You're not disciplined when you're eating half a gallon of ice cream. Sorry. You say, well, it could have been a gallon. Yeah, I guess that's right. But you're still not disciplined. And you're not exercising discipline when you just let your mind go the wherever it wants to go. Whatever thought comes, you know, I can't help it. I'm just a slave to my mind. No, my thoughts are slave to me. My thoughts are my thoughts. And I'll take control of my thoughts. God has not given me a spirit of fear. So if he hasn't, who has? The devil. Learn to smell the devil. And the devil, two of the ways you can smell the devil to know he's around is fear and discouragement. Those are the two fangs, in my opinion, of Satan. Fear, now the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But that's a reverential fear. That's an awe. That's a reverence. That's a holy fear. That's good. But that's the only kind of fear that's good. All the other kinds of fear are from the devil. They're from the devil. Next time you're attacked by a fearful thought before you medicate yourself, try this. Just say, I reject that thought in Jesus' name, by his shed blood. I'm talking about a fearful thought that comes into your life. I reject that thought. You're minding your own business, and you have this thought that your child is going to die. That is not from God. Just say, I reject that thought. You're trying to read your Bible, and He's trying to interrupt what you're doing. Right now, some of you are fighting thoughts that he's trying to put in your mind, and he doesn't want you to understand what's being preached out of the word of God today. So right now, some of you need to say, I reject that thought in the name of Jesus. I reject all fearful thoughts, and I will not let my mind be the devil's punching bag. And then, as I just mentioned, Another way to reject sinful thoughts is to reject discouraging thoughts. God never discourages his children. God does not take courage out of you. When you discourage somebody, you're not acting like God, you're acting like the devil. Is this too hard? God encourages his people. The devil is the one who discourages you. To discourage is to take courage out of you. To encourage is to put it back into you. That's what God does. God is the great encourager. The devil is the great discourager. Deuteronomy 31 verse eight, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you do not fear or be dismayed. And the word dismayed is the same word for discouraged. Reject discouraging thoughts. They are sinful thoughts. Reject condemning thoughts, and when you do, you'll be rejecting sinful thoughts. I know some people that can't live for Jesus because they're still so bent out of shape of something they did years ago, that God has forgiven them for. They've repented of it. They've asked God to forgive them, and but they still somehow believe that God wants to beat them up, and they just let the devil beat the tar out of them all the time. And I, you know, I just want to. I just. I'm. I'm talking to some of you right now, and that's your life. You every day you say, well, brother Steve, I, I, I really appreciate all this, but you. You don't know what I've done. You know what? If you knew what somebody on your row had done, you'd get up and walk out, probably. You'd be scared to death. You, you don't know what anybody's done in here, and neither do I. Neither do I. But aren't you glad this is a hospital for sinners? Amen. Not a museum for saints. Amen? Amen. This, this, is where, this is where you can come and get some help. This is where you can come and not be condemned. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to say that when condemning thoughts come into your mind, that's not God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I love Isaiah. And I love Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. This is so good. This is one we've got to read together. Let's all read it together. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Go back to verse uh, 18. Don't call to mind. What's he talking about? Your what? Your mind. Former things are ponder things of the past. Let's just think about that. Well, you know, I've had a breakfast. I've gotten dressed. Now I just think I'll think about something that happened 30 years ago. I'm going to call it to mind. And you call it to mind because it always answers. When you call, it always answers the phone, Right? You call and say, hey, old sin of the past, how are you doing? Come on in and mess me up today. Now that's what you're doing, whether you think about it or not. When you allow those thoughts just to be in your mind, just running around, just saying, you're calling up trouble. And the devil will continue to hit you with that day after day after day. Put that phone down and don't call up that thought again. You say, I can do that? Yes, you can do that. And God would be pleased. God is saying, oh no, not again, not again. Haven't we dealt with that? Haven't I forgiven that? Isn't that under the blood? Isn't that as far as the East is from the West? I have forgotten that child. Would you please forget that? And let's move on and get some things done today and not just wallow around in the past and how bad things were. And oh, God, stop it. Stop it. Reject condemning thoughts. And oh, you think that one's hard? Wait till you get to this next one. You ready? Reject sinful thoughts by rejecting foreboding thoughts. What in the world is that? The thought that something bad's gonna happen. Don't tell me we don't live in that day. Something bad's gonna happen. If you don't do this, something bad's gonna happen. That's a foreboding thought. That doesn't come from God. Proverbs 15, five, got this out of the Amplified Bible. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings, or foreboding thoughts. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. Can we read that together? All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings, but he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. How many of you knew somebody that had experienced the Great Depression? Anybody out there? I did. How many of you have met somebody that was, went through the hard times in the Great Depression and as a result came out and they seem to constantly have these foreboding thoughts that something bad is gonna happen? How many, how many out there? Okay. Well, enjoy it now because it's not gonna last. Well, you know, you got to watch out for these politicians. I got news for you. I'm not going to have foreboding thoughts over politicians because I'm not going to let politicians, Democrat or Republican, run my life. I'm going to let Jesus Christ run my life. Amen. Politicians get way too much credit. They're They're little pawns in the hands of God. Take your thoughts captive, breathe Scripture, and reject sinful thoughts.